All right, hey, John, why don't we tell our listeners a little bit about what uh, they will be hearing today on the episode? Yeah, so here's what we've got coming today. Andy's going to talk about how Comcast is now able to troubleshoot breaks in long-haul fibers within mere seconds, I think. Um, really cool advances in uh, testing uh, technology. And then I am going to talk a little bit about um, test equipment platforms, uh, possible tie-up between Viavi and Expo. And Grande Communications expanding in Texas. All right, let's get into it. You've got mail. This is Andy and John Talk Telecom with Andy Netzel and John Rewe. All right, you're now logged into Andy and John Talk Telecom. I am Andy Netzel. And I'm John Rewe. We are back. Here we go. Another episode. Um, no interviews uh, for, for you guys this time. Uh, just keep listening to John and I wax poetic about telecom. Uh, John, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Excited to just uh, get back to how we started, just just chatting and, and boring people with our... Uh... <laughs> no, we got some good stuff today, actually. Some big news in the in the realm. No, we do. There are there is some some big news, some interesting stories. So, alrighty, well, are you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Let's go. All right, John. I think you wanted to talk about Grande Communications a little bit and, and what they're doing down here in Texas. Yeah. So you know, there's been a lot of merger and acquisition talk and action um, in the space for for a little while now. Uh, things you've heard, we've talked about. Potential Altice takeovers, and and uh, actually Altice has done some deals. I mean, there's other lots of deals in the works. Lots of people trying to put together all the remaining little cable systems into bigger conglomerates, and and uh, it's an interesting thing to watch, you know. Um, so I guess the latest story on this is Grande Communications down in Texas. If you're not from Texas, you might not be as familiar with Grande Communications, but they've been a uh, pretty uh, pretty active and successful overbuilder in Texas for a number of years now. They uh, started back in, I want to say, the mid-2000s. Um, and, I mean, there's talking about how they got started could be its own podcast. It might be cool if we can find somebody <laughs> that was kind of around. Uh, one of my friends that was around for that and kind of explained how that came about. And uh, it's like every cable company. There's always an interesting story and, and a winding and turning saga of how it became what it is today. But And Grande has that for sure. But... Um, you know, they've grown a lot. They were acquired by TPG Capital in August of 2016, uh, became part of TPG's broadband portfolio along with RCN and Wave Broadband. Um, Wave Broadband being on the West Coast and then RCN being kind of Chicago and in the Northeast. Um, and so they've kind of been, uh, they haven't really merged them all together yet, but they've all, they're all in communication. They're all under the same corporate umbrella. So, um, so this past November, TPG decided to, uh, I guess, probably make a little money and uh, sell the this, these properties to uh, Stone Peak Infrastructure Partners. So it's a private equity firm that uh, brings uh, billions of dollars of of war chest to the game to help um, the this uh, group of companies and their merger and acquisition dreams. And um, sometime before that, I guess last year, these three companies were kind of operating as one group, but not being renamed, but they kind of decided to call them all astound broadband. Um, 
And so now, backed by Stone Peak, Astound Broadband's on a little bit of a merger and acquisition tear. Last year, they acquired InTouch Systems in Houston. Sure uh, they did. picked up a little system down uh, over in uh, on the West Coast uh, in California, Digital something. I, I forget the name of it. My apologies. And then last month, they announced the acquisition of some of the WOW assets. Um, Chicago, Illinois, Evanston, Indiana, and Arundel, Maryland. And uh, those areas are all kind of adjacent-ish to existing RCN properties. Um, and that was an acquisition done to the tune of $661 million. So, uh, yeah, so that definitely added some footprint. Uh, they bought InTouch in Houston last year. And now uh, that brings us to this week where Grande has announced that they're acquiring Harris Broadband in Central Texas. Um, Harris Broadband is probably on the smaller side, but, um, you know, still just uh, I think they were talking about trying to tuck in these little acquisitions that complement their existing footprints. And Harris is one of those deals out in uh, Brownwood, Texas, uh, a place that a lot of Texans maybe haven't even been to necessarily. But <laughs> it's uh, kind of out by itself, but it's got three implant. It's got a some I don't remember what uh, tire plant there. It's actually pretty big, pretty big metropolis uh, for being a little little city out in the middle of nowhere. And does the uh, Harris- does the acquisition match the uh, kind of the RCM um, pattern or agenda of, of acquiring other networks that are adjacent to uh, other networks? So is is the the Harris you know run up next to the the Grande network? Uh, it depends. I think in Texas terms, you might say that you know where people are used to drive, especially <laughs> yeah. the further out west, where you're used to driving several hours a day to get anywhere. Um, Brownwood is, I don't know, a couple hours from Austin, maybe an hour and a half from their nearest plant there. And, um, but it's, it's kind of in the periphery. Yeah. And it's kind of in the periphery of, of, um, the Texas Hill country and, you know, with Austin just being experienced explosive growth right now, I think things that seemed a lot further away are not quite as far as they once were. And so, um, I think Harris started out as a little, little mom and pop cable system and they have, uh, since leaned in pretty heavy to fiber. They've got a pretty extensive fiber of the home network throughout Brownwood, Texas and early Texas. Um, charming little little town out there. And this uh, acquisition adds 6,000 customers, 12,500 homes passed, and 150 miles of fiber plant to Grande's network. So uh, a neat no little... Small, no small cookie. No, nah, neat little acquisition there. And uh, so, so far, Astound, like I said, has not united all their holdings under a common branding, but um, they're saying the Stone Peak deal, uh, which is actually not totally complete yet. They still have to f- cross a few regulatory hurdles, but uh, Jeff Baumgartner over at Light Reading is reporting that within a couple of months they should have that tied up, and um, they're saying that possibly after that's completed, they may rebrand all of these companies as Astound or something else. So, um, possibility that... Uh, Good old Grande Communications, uh, it may uh, may be riding its last right now. So. That that brand, that branding, may be uh, may be a thing of the past. Come soon. Yep. Yeah. So Andy, you've got a cool story about Comcast and some new technology that's allowing them to maximize uptime of long haul networks. Yeah. So it is. It's 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 old technology, but being used in a in a new way. But we'll we'll get to that. So John, have you ever had a leaking pipe? in your house or apartment or condo, wherever you lived? I have, actually. It yeah, you know, quite a disaster. <laughs> it can be. It can be quite a disaster. You know, I, I, had a, I had a couple during this last February Texas freeze, and it was a, it was a pain. But 
and you can see the water dripping from the ceiling or flowing from a uh, from an overhead vent. But you know, you don't know exactly where the water is coming from. Uh, so you know, what do you do? You start putting holes in the wall. You start cutting. You know, cutting into the ceiling to try and find where the crack is because we can't identify the you know the exact location of the crack. You're not gonna be able to fix the pipe. All right, so this can be a major pain in the butt. You know, if you don't find the crack right away, you can end up with all sorts of you know big holes in your ceiling as you're you're searching. You know. How many holes do you have in your ceiling when you were searching for yours? One, but it was a big one. I just kept cutting <laughs> from that one. Like I knew the, the where the pipe was, so I just made a big, big old rectangle until I found the uh, the exact um, point where the crack was. So yeah, it's it's a major pain, right? You can end up with a lot of sheetrock missing for just a oh, yeah a small burst or a small I crack to, of the pipe. I had to tear out my vanity to track down one in my old house. Yeah, what a pain, man. So what if you could pinpoint where that crack was right away? You know, would be super helpful though. Oh, you'd have my attention. I would have your attention. Well, Comcast, you know, has now found a way to pinpoint breaks in its fiber system, which allows the company to more effectively and, and more quickly uh, repair the fiber. Excuse me, Comcast is saying that it can de to, uh, detect exactly where the fiber interruptions and breaks are within 90 seconds, right? So, so how does this work? Uh, so, you know, engineers send light signals through their fiber optic network to measure the time it takes for light beams to reach their destination and, and bounce back. So they measure that time, they time it. They have that, you know, written down on a on a piece of paper on the wall. I'm sure they have a different yeah. way, but you know, they, they, they time it. Even. Yeah, something like that. So if a beam comes back early, you know, then there's a break in that system. The engineers then use the difference in timing to to determine where the precise break um, or the press the precise location of that break is. It seems pretty logical and pretty simple, right? Well, so Comcast can use those same tests to determine if the fiber is fraying or losing, um, you know, transmitting capacity in other ways. So let's quickly, let's, we'll, we'll back up and we'll talk about how the fiber network works uh, to start with. All right, long haul fiber networks connect cities and towns across the United States, you know, whether the fiber is hung on poles or buried underground. All right, long haul fiber is what, what connects these, these areas and these regions. Smart chips within configurable add drop multiplexers uh, split fiber optic laser light into increasingly smaller and smaller beams, and they point them towards you know the, their their end destinations. The laser light carries and transmits trillions uh, and trillions of bytes of information all across the country. So this is obviously a very uh, this is a simplification you know breakdown of fiber and how it works. But I think most people either know all about fiber or they at least get the point uh, based off of this oversimplification. All right, so this method uh, came about when a Comcast engineer got to thinking, you know, hey, how can um, we use equipment to monitor data traffic? Or, um, or how can we use equipment that is used to monitor data traffic over thousands of miles and instead use it to monitor traffic, you know, over a couple thousand feet instead? So instead of just, you know, monitoring that traffic over the, the long haul fiber across the United States, mm -hmm. How can we isolate it to a town or to a city instead? So to uh, to really to monitor the traffic from head end to node. He wanted to know if there was an outage, you know, was it someone uh, from someone hitting a pole and you know, knocking the pole down? Was it a, um, you know, from a fiber card issue? You know, it can spend a lot of time and a lot of money just trying to you know, diagnose these issues and find out what exactly causes outage. So how could Comcast use its long haul fiber monitoring equipment for smaller local networks within cities and towns. So it turns out um, 
you know, Comcast was able to use last gen technology and just pare it down to these, these you know, smaller municipalities. By, uh, by utilizing optical spectrum analyzers in, in local fiber networks, Comcast has visibility into the performance of the network along every millimeter of fiber. The system was developed by Comcast uh, and is very cost effective um, because it uses you know, previous generation technology. It's not some, some brand new thing that, that's costing them a ton of money. So it's something you know, they must be loving. All right. Well, the last gen technology has been surpassed for, for long haul fiber. It works just fine for these smaller local networks within uh, within cities and towns. All right. So the XMF platform, uh, it, it, when installed, it continuously monitors hundreds of thousands of local broadband optical links uh, every minute across the Comcast network. And so this is, uh, you know, this monitoring is how Comcast can detect the precise locations of, of breaks, you know, within 90 seconds, whether it's like mentioned, a car hitting the pole and damaging the node, whether it's an underground contractor, um, you know, digging or somebody construction laying a road and accidentally hitting cable and hitting the network, um, um, hitting the fiber and causing that disruption. By monitoring all this traffic, Comcast is able to quickly diagnose uh, and figure out where that location is and, and go out there and, and, and fix the issue. Um, they can also figure out the exact moment when a fiber is cut, which is uh, you know, super helpful when they're, they're trying to get some reparations from whoever, uh, whoever cut it or, or damaged it. Um, whatever, whatever dump truck uh, dragged, dragged down a low hanging fiber or uh, exactly road car hit a, hit a pole or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's, it's good to know exactly not just where, but, but when it happened, because, you know, getting, technicians out there and getting them to, to fix it is not cheap. Uh, it's not free. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the company wants to recoup um, some of that money that they spent to, to get it fixed. Um, so they're now rolling out a, a handheld version of the, uh, the XMF platform that even, you know, instead of just engineers, uh, you know, in an office monitoring all the traffic, now technicians in the field can use this handheld version to identify fiber link issues in seconds excuse me, and even diagnose and repair those issues on the spot. So this is a, a, a big step forward, um, you know, for cable companies and a big step toward 10G um, because there's going to be a, a, a continued increasing uh, or it'll be important to continue increasing reliability, uh, you know, in networks as, as more things become connected to networks and we rely more and more on you know, on things like 10G and then and 5G, you know, reliability is, is going to be important. And to minimize the time it takes to diagnose and to, to fix an outage, um, you know, we're talking, we're talking, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, before, you know, what, what's always been used to troubleshoot these things are OTDRs. Like you said, you're shooting light down a path and looking for the reflection and the speed of the reflection to identify the distance to the fault. But, you know, even if you know the distance, that doesn't mean you know exactly where it is. You just know how far away it is. Um, and there's still things that can, uh, can confound those traces with an OTDR that make it not as straightforward. Plus, you'll have to go to, uh, sometimes you'll have to shoot it from one end of a link and then drive and shoot it from the other end or have another tech shoot it from the other end and kind of compare to find out where you're at. So using a, a trial and error. Yeah, so the idea of using traffic to help isolate where it's actually happening that seems like a pretty big step and uh, really speaks to what i think comcast has shown uh ability kind of unique among cable companies to really innovate 
with a lot of their own internal tools as opposed to simply relying on outside vendors to come up with and invent all these different network monitoring and troubleshooting platforms. Yeah, certainly. It definitely helps that they're using, you know, technology that they've, they've already had, they've already paid yeah. for. And, you, you know, earlier this week, a, a truck had a telephone pole in Houston and it took out fiber that served 75 nodes. Um, so Ooh. by using, utilizing this, this new, um, you know, system or this new process, uh, they were able to pinpoint the cut location to about five kilometers from the hub site. And the team was sent out right away. Service was restored quickly. And it shaved hours off of the standard length of an outage. And you know, if it, if you're you know residential customer, yes, it's you know it's a big deal because you want your internet, whether it's for you know entertainment purposes or you're working from home. As John, you and I have talked, you and I have talked about a lot. Internet to the home is um, at the home is increasingly important with school, with work, and the pandemic and all that. But you know, if you're a business, you're relying on on this network to to run your business and to be able to process payments and all the things you need to do to succeed and, and you know bring in the revenue um so shaving hours off of the standard length of an outage is 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 a big deal it totally is and i mean i think about i mean this is just a recurring nightmare that is just business as usual really in uh terms of the people that are responsible for maintaining and repairing fiber networks and so if you're you know, if you're the on-call supervisor or manager, I mean, you're you're on these calls and the email chains, and these guys are out there troubleshooting with OTDRs, and I mean, you got your best guys out there, but sometimes these problems are really confusing and they're you complex. know, they're like complex. And so, identifying the source of the of the problem, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it is a oh, there's a there's a pole knocked down. Obviously, that's the problem. And then sometimes it's a little more subtle, you know. And uh, so, anything you can do. I mean, these things that take hours and often and uh cutting that response and restoration time is just really a huge 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 priority for them so this is this sounds like a huge step so pretty exciting stuff it'd be interesting to see if this uh sort of filters out to other companies it becomes a, a new uh I'm a new sure. storm yeah i'm sure it'll be an industry standard you know sooner rather than later and um i mean I, we shouldn't complain too much about you know outages being being a few hours uh, as there is a in, in london i forgot when this was but uh Apparently, a crew drilling a hole hit a fiber backbone and took down a part of London's internet access for three days. So, Ooh. thankfully, <laughs> yeah, that's I rough. Wonder rough to be how that big guy who hit the fiber. That was, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's brutal. But yeah, that but is. yeah, man. So this is this is interesting stuff, and it's it's exciting that uh, you know, if your internet's down, you know, you can you can hope that they'll be able to pinpoint it more quickly and get it back up and working. Well, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, that also makes me think about, uh, you know, Comcast devising their own stuff in-house. You know, back uh, a few years ago, um, on the coax side of things, um, they used meters and they bought meters every cable guy that did installations um, and the maintenance techs. Like, they would have a meter that they bought from JDSU or Trilithic, uh, more than likely, or, or uh, maybe one of the other companies. And these meters are not cheap, and they um, found internally, like uh, especially when Doxus 3.0 came out, there were so many more pieces of data that you could use to pull from the modem at the home to actually troubleshoot the network or get levels and find out if it's performing correctly. So they found a way internally to say, basically, let's just let's just give our guys a cable modem in a box that's ruggedized. And have it Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to their tablet, 
and use that as the screen, and then they just go to the home, plug it into the outlet, and then say, "Hey, send signal to this uh, to this home," and then their tablet says, "All right, all these levels are good." They hook it up and they move on. And those, um, you know, what replaced the meter was a few hundred dollars, as opposed to a you know twelve, fifteen hundred, three thousand dollar meter. And sure. so internally, they developed this product and rolled this out. And we're not going to rely on an outside vendor anymore and saved a lot of money. And on top of that, they have a pretty big development suite that builds um, builds the apps that basically take that info and present them to the techs. And they've been really creative in all that. So it's it's interesting to hear a story or good to hear a story where Comcast is continuing that innovation internally, where most companies are looking outside uh, to the test equipment vendors for that that kind of support. They like to see it. All right, folks, that is all we have for you today. Hope you learned something. John, what are you going to do with the rest of your weekend? Man, the rest of my weekend, uh, I've got a friend coming into town, so we'll be hanging out a little bit. Got a birthday party to go to. Just, you know, good uh, domestic uh, good times. How about you? Good, man. Oh, kind of some some of the same. The rain holds out. Do a little bit of golfing, clean the house. Um, You know, just, just normal everyday stuff. Nothing too exciting. Cool. Just living the dream. Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Telecom so. paradise. Yeah. Until <laughs> next time, we will uh, we will log off now. And um, yeah, catch you all next time. You're not logged off. Andy John Talk Telecom. <laughs>